Hi, welcome to another edition of Nesmith's podcast, New Depths. I'm Dominic Mundy, Executive Director of the Northeast Bond Pool Association. And today, I'm very excited about today, we're uh, out on site with Thomas Flint from Thomas Flint Landscape Design and Development. We came out to one of his... Um, pretty stunning projects here and, and we'll get some photos of that into this so you can see it. Uh, so let me just start by saying hi. I'm glad you agreed to do this. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Got a great day here. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we just scheduled this two weeks ago and it's been raining for like a week yeah. and it just so happens we got a, a, a perfect day. So that's, that's awesome. So, um, we'll start the way we always start with, which is a little bit of an introduction and we were chatting beforehand. And I told you that, uh, uh, you know, my background before being in association work was in landscape architecture. And I've mentioned that on a few of these podcasts. Uh, uh, so your work is not new to me and I, and I think you do a great job. So why don't you tell everybody how you got into the business industry, what your you know company kind of looks like, you know, things like that. A little Absolutely. bit about yourself. So, uh, I started the business in 2003 and I had a background in landscape design, landscape construction. Uh, I was somewhat familiar with pools. We have, uh, I had at the time worked on, uh, fiberglass installation. Okay. So uh, there was some knowledge of pool plumbing, uh, function of a swimming pool. Uh, but it wasn't really something that I thought I was going to get into. We started out with more of the design, right. outdoor living spaces, uh, patios, fireplaces, retaining walls, uh, and a, a big emphasis on design planting. Yeah. I have a bachelor degree in horticulture and design oh, from nice. a SUNY school. Um, Cobal skill. And uh, my, sure. my vision was really to kind of focus on the landscape design end of things. Yeah. And, um, you know, once we got rolling, I was receiving a lot of phone calls from people that would put in a swimming pool and uh, were looking to design the backyard. They already had a pool in place. The backyard was torn up and and shambles and you know there was an existing pool sometimes in the middle of the property sometimes right. at a horrible elevation didn't really relate to the house or to the yard and you know it just occurred to me one day that you know it would really make sense if we came up with a design before these pools went in right so uh after trying to strike a relationship with a couple of different pool companies um i wasn't really successful in doing that i just decided you know what i'm going to start building the pool and and offer a, a package where we take care of everything from start to completion, and yeah. uh, that's what we've been doing. It's uh, we have had a you know been very fortunate to have some great employees. We've had some amazing clients, and you know we've kind of taken this thing and, and really ran with it. And we, we really tried to focus on the big picture. We we spent a lot of time with our clients on the front side of the build right. and. Uh, going over uh, what they're looking for, uh, getting to know their families and how they want to use the space and what they're you know, intending to, to, uh, to do in the backyard, uh, expansion-wise, additions to homes, yeah. basketball courts, uh, future children. All of these things are kind of taken into consideration and we come up with a, a master plan that includes the swimming pool as well as right. everything else. So, um, do you, are you, you're doing new pool construction, about how many pools are you doing a year on average? Roughly? On average, we do about 20 pools a year. Oh. It ranges anywhere from, you know, 12 to 20. And it really depends on the difficulty level of the swimming pools. You know, sometimes sure. we get lucky and we're, we're building, you know, relatively 
uh, simple projects. Sometimes we end up with just these monster projects that are right. perimeter overflow or infinity edge or involve a lot of different uh, elevations and details, and it just they, they take up a lot more of our time. So yeah. Yeah, and it comes in waves. We'll have seasons where we have two or three projects that are incredibly complicated, and we will mix in some, you know, some uh, more simple pools. And uh, you know, sometimes we just hit a stride where we're doing, you know, a lot of right. more simple we're projects. Just so, kind of move. Yeah, anywhere from you know, twelve to, to twenty pools. Yeah. We're going to try to push it a little bit this year. Yeah, with the. You know, increased demand. Well, and that's something that we're, we're, the whole industry is seeing, right? And that brings with it, obviously, some challenges. But what are you seeing? You know, you working in a, I, I, my words, a niche market, kind okay. of, in so much as you're in kind of a small geographic area. Um, you, you get a lot of referral work, I imagine. Um, uh, how are you seeing the broad increase in demand and the stresses that's putting on the industry affecting your, your, you know, your business? So it's funny. We're in a bubble, somewhat of a bubble here. You know, right. we're close to to uh, to the city. We're pretty much always busy here. But I mean, now it's unlike it's ever been in the past, and it's from across the board. I mean, it's uh, high end, complicated projects, everything down to you know to basic. Uh, vinyl liner pools, uh, which we we work with as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's challenging because you you can't just add more guys and you know mass produce right. this stuff more than what you can control and manage on the on the front side of it. So um, we've ramped up a little bit. We're up to about thirty employees now. Okay. Um, which we were probably around 25 last year. Yeah. I, I think we'll put out 25 pools this year as opposed to 20. But I, I really want to remain focused on the, the quality and customer service, keeping the clients comfortable, keeping the clients happy, uh, which has been a big part of our success in, yeah. in the past. We're definitely going to push it. Um, uh, we're grinding. We're working. You know, Saturdays. We're squeezing in a couple of Sundays here and there. Right. You know, when we're doing something that's not too noisy. Equipment, materials, labor uh, have all been huge challenges. It's I mean, all we, constricted. Yeah. Yeah. We pre-bought 15 sets of equipment. Wow. Uh, back in September, and they're still trickling in now. And so we were fortunate enough to be able to. Um, get that order in. I mean, we saw this coming last year and we yeah. tried to prepare for it the best we could. Uh, pavers, stone, uh, and all of that stuff, we tried to pre-buy as much as we could. We could. I mean, I don't have a ton of space to sit on it, but we're sending right. material to jobs you know, much earlier than we normally would. Changing the payment terms to try and keep up with the fact that you know, we may be sending a you know, $15,000 equipment pad in and you know, four thousand dollars worth of pavers a month earlier than we typically would, and just yeah. trying to capture that in our payments and try to stay current with the payment schedule and keep jobs rolling is definitely. A, yeah, a that's uh, something I've been hearing. Um, I should say more something that's come up in a lot of conversations I've had with industry professionals is uh, how they're contracting with their clients, how they're managing. Um, you know, cost increases, you know, for jobs that were contracted maybe in January that won't get built till July, but a lot happens in between, yeah. right? And you can you can you plan for every every contingency? And, and you can't, and some of it is is the environment, but um uh it's interesting to hear you considering all that stuff in in 
you know, kind of your process? It is a ton of moving parts. Fortunately, we've been, you know, we've been blessed with, with, uh, understanding and, and yeah. good clients, which is, you know, that they're understanding and good to a point. And then, you know, once the heat turns up, right. <laughs> it, it becomes a little bit more difficult, but we have let them know up front that, you know, we may be invoicing, you know, we may be altering the payment terms, mm-hmm. the payment schedule. Obviously it's a, you know, the contract is legal, but you know, we're able to, with their uh, blessing, make adjustments. And for the most part, they understand the situation we're in willing right. to work with us and try and make things uh, work as smooth, smoothly as they can for the communication as part of that relationship with the client is so important because right. Like the, the contract is a legal document between you and you and the client. And if, but if you have a good relationship and both parties agree, okay, well we can move that back a week or whatever, then that's fine. Right. Correct. That's what if we, you don't communicate, then you get in that situation. You said you would yeah, be here. Type of thing. And that's the, conversation that we try our best to avoid. Um, you know, personally, I am an over communicator. Uh, I try to, you know, get my people to, to do the same thing. Um, but we, that's, you know, that's what we do, whether it's good news or bad, at least providing that news and, you know, keeping that open line of communication lets the client know that, you know, what's happening. I, what I say to to my employees is, you know, I would rather be on offense than be on defense. When they pick the phone up and ask us, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. Now we're giving an excuse. Whereas if we can pick sure. the phone up first and and uh, have that conversation, we're being proactive. Yeah, so. yeah, makes sense. So you also have a service side to your company, right? And and, and we were chatting again beforehand a little bit, and that's something that you're growing. Um, when did you start the cert, you know, as it, did you build up a certain amount of, of pool client customers first? And then what do you do? Are you full service? Are you just opening and closing? You know, how, how does your service department kind of work? So what we did was, uh, about, we started the service business about five years ago and mm-hmm. we were finding the reason we started the business was we were finding that we were finishing these pools, right. turning the key over to the client. And, uh, we were out of the the backyard. Um, and we were getting phone calls back two, three, four years down the road with issues, plaster issues, Yeah, poor maintenance, poor water chemistry. And it was becoming a problem for us because we built the pool. People right. spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in their backyard. And sure. you know, the right thing for us to do was address the problem. And a lot of times it came at a, at a cost out of, out of my pocket to, to do because it was expected of me. And, sure. you know, it was just a, difficult position to be in. So we started the service business to make sure that these pools were taken care of and quickly found out that these clients are you know, eager to work with someone that they trust, yeah. someone we've built a relationship with. They love these backyards as much as we love them. And to know that the chemistry is on point, they know what their kids are swimming in. Right. They know it's being looked after and maintained. And, you know, if there's an issue, it's going to be on us because, you know, right. first of all, we built the pool and now we're maintaining it. So we do openings, we do closings, we do weeklies. Some of the clients are, are biweekly. Oh, wow. okay. uh, so we're complete full service, hands on. And, um, you know, we'll uh, do everything from, you know, power wash furniture and <laughs> you know, whatever we need to do to maintain the, the, the relationship and the pool. 
And landscape maintenance too? I don't do landscaping? landscape maintenance, but that is something that we're. Did you, you know, at one point? Or I never did. You were just no. in the landscape it's construction. Funny, I just got in. Yeah, it was one of the few people that started out by right. doing construction. And I was 23 when I started the business. And I always tell people if I, <laughs> you know, one of my biggest assets was I was, you know, had no clue what I was doing, and yeah. you know, the ignorance was was a benefit. So I knew how hard it was going to be and all the challenges. <laughs> I probably would have uh, gone in a different direction. Yeah. But, you know, it, it worked out well. But landscape maintenance is something that we're seriously considering getting into for the exact same reason as the the pool maintenance. So I'm going to pull that last point you just made together with um, something we started talking about earlier, and that is your, your approach to design for clients. Like we're sitting in this, it's it's a gorgeous house, beautiful backyard uh, here in um, North Jersey, Burton County. And um, there's a there's a veranda here with a, with a built-in grill and the, the the beautiful pool and the landscapes done in the wall. But maybe they did this all at once. Maybe they did it in a few phases. I don't know. But uh, your approach to design and I heard you say you went to Cobalt Skill. Yeah. I went to Rutgers for landscape architecture. I have friends that went to DelVal. I mean, yeah. these ornamental horticulture programs they all kind of preach that, and you're doing it right. That meet with the client, get all their stuff out on the table, and then. You design the whole project, and then that gives you the opportunity to phase over time, um, to, to, to think ahead. Uh, maybe say to the client, you know, I know you wanted to do X first, but listen to me. If we do Y first, X is going to be so much easier because of how we access the yard and all that sort of stuff. So if you design well, but that's a lot of communication. Bring that to the maintenance side. By doing pool maintenance more now, like you said, you're in the backyard every week. You're here. You don't leave. And then two years later, they want to do phase two and they're going, where was the number of the, yeah. who's, it was Thomas Flint that did the, right? You know, cause you know how people are, they, 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 whatever. So, um, is, is, do you, are you seeing any correlation between your design philosophy of a holistic approach to, to the full, full property design and then being more present with your clients? Do you find that those two things kind of work together? A hundred percent. You know, I mean, j- just the, the, um, the comfort level that these clients get by having us back on the property in the right. form of pool maintenance is un- un- unbelievable. I mean, I had a conversation with a woman, uh, a couple of towns over last mm-hmm. week, we're, we're in the process of finishing this pool. We're going to plaster it hopefully this week if we get another decent day. Yeah. And um, I, I was, she was talking about pricing us versus, a, you know, a competitor's price or what they had paid at their last home on their last pool. Sure. And one of the points I brought up was, you know, we're here every day, you know. So, I mean, if the lawn's wet and the guys are walking across the lawn, to get to the pool or we're, we're, you know, we're going to communicate that we're going to come back. We're going to adjust the irrigation system. We're, we're in your backyard and we built this entire thing. So we care. And you know, half of the time, the disconnect is the guys that show up to do the maintenance. Don't talk to the guys that did the pool or the hardscape. And maybe there's something that could be addressed now that wouldn't be an issue in, in the future. And just the comfort of having that taken care of our clients are busy. They're, you know, trying to balance family life and work life. Uh, and if you can simplify the, you know, the, sure. the day-to-day for them, yeah, I think it, it, it means a lot. And when they get home on a Friday on, in the summer and they walk outside to light the grill, they want to just go, <sighs> yes, right. At the Push end of the, the button, week. the grill lights, everything does what it's supposed to do. There's no issues. Right. They don't want to have to go out Friday morning and go, all right, I need him here to do this. I need That's right. why he didn't show up this week. Right. Like they want to just have that weekend when it's time. Correct. And to your point as well, you know, you do, you do this phase and you know, 
two years down the road, you know, I want to get a little bit more privacy here. We're noticing when we sit outside in the early spring, we can see the neighbor's backyard. I want to put in a row of arborvitae. Right. You know, I mean, our, the first phone call is going to be to us because we're already in the backyard. So there's definitely, right. you know, a ton of value in that. Nice. So tell us about this project that we're, that we're sitting in. I mean, this is again, really great backyard and, and we'll try and get some photos and stuff like that into the, into the video so everybody can see it. But, um, how long did this take to construct? What were some of the challenges? What makes this an interesting project? So uh, this was a um, existing home that the homeowner lived in, and uh, he knocked the house down, rebuilt the entire the entire house, wow. and uh, we started discussing potential pool. He was on the fence about a pool; wasn't sure they'd use it all that much. Uh, their children are, you know, in their thirties, okay. and uh, they just were. They wanted the home to be spectacular. They wanted something in the back. That was beautiful. Landscape, pool, right. weren't really sure. I like the idea of the pool, but not necessarily the, the maintenance of the pool, which a lot of our clients are, uh, you know, will say sure. in, in considering the pool, how much work is it going to be? Because they remember when they were kids what was involved in taking care of a pool, and right. obviously it's a lot different now. So we started the conversation, and every time, you know, we did a design for them, we showed a pool in the landscape, and, you know, they had questioned, you know, what why are you trying to sell me on the pool? And I said, well, I'm not trying to sell you on the pool, but you want something beautiful. And yeah. you know, I mean, the, the pool is the beauty of the backyard. So uh, they, they came around to the idea that they liked the, the, the idea of the swimming pool, you know, the properties right. the water brings to the landscape design, reflections and... Yeah, movement, uh, sound, yeah, light, movement, all of that. sound, light, all of that stuff. So uh, we, we did a couple of concepts. I liked the idea of the infinity edge, this property in particular, just the way it sloped off. Sure. We would have either needed some retaining walls uh, with planting in between and kind of terraced it, or the infinity edge just kind of does it all for us. You know, yeah. we, we've eliminated the need for walls. The pool pretty much retains the grade itself. Sure. Gives them a stunning feature from up top. Uh, they use the heck out of the spa in a uh, late season. Mm -hmm. It extends the use of the pool well into the fall. Yeah. They open up pretty early. and. Um, you know, they were just looking for something that was easy to use. They could walk outside, be undercover, have a grilling area, yeah, have some interest back here, be able to entertain. And you know, when the furniture is all out and this place is set up, it's you know, it's really spectacular. Yeah, yeah. The 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 way the Infinity Edge works here, it's it's a good example of designing with the property, not kind of against it, right? You know, use that sloped kind of your advantage Absolutely. to get a cool design feature rather than what you said, which is like, well, you could do all this construction work to kind of hide what was going on to have a normal uh, pool or finish, right? Rather than just embracing yeah. what you have in front of you and, and, we, and rolling with it. We get that a lot. I have a lot of times the clients will, will look at the price of the infinity edge pool and say, you know, why would I spend, you know, $190,000 on the infinity edge when I could you know, do just a regular pool for much less. And the answer to that is always, well, you, you, as soon as you cut the infinity out, you're adding walls back in. It's right. not an even trade, but right. you, you know, you, you, there's an offset, you know, the, the walls are going to offset the cost of the infinity edge. So now we're looking at a much smaller increase in cost. Right. And then you add in the benefits of the infinity, in my opinion, you know, just the aesthetic and what yeah. it brings to the table that, that a lot of times is the, the, uh, the, the game changer. And what I try to explain to the clients that do these infinity pools is there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things to understand, sure. you know, uh, fluctuation of water in the catch pool. A lot of times they think they're going to hop in the catch pool and use that, you know, like a, 
an area to bathe and you know the fluctuation of water in there and there's a lot of little details that need to be understood but you know they're they're a uh, a beautiful pool we love building them and uh, we love photographing them so this is a really cool project right and you just walk through a whole 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 bunch of that and there's so many there's so many details, right? It's not a big pool, um, but the way it integrates and in the, in the tile work and, you know, everything from how the stairs work in with the spa and, 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 and the knife edge. Um, and there's so many different ways to build a pool, right? There really is no such thing. You know, I'm sure everybody, everybody in our membership at one point is gotten a phone call from someone like, I want a pool and like, okay, what kind of pool? And they're like, you know, a pool, like what my neighbor has, like, I don't know, can't you just put a pool in like that, that kind of thing with no real appreciation for, um, all the, all the detail that goes in at at any level, right? Whatever the finish, whatever the surface, whatever it is, um, you're looking at, I'm looking, I'm looking here at what's the, so all these little features, right? Like you're sitting down with the homeowner, and you know, right? You know what a knife edge is. You know why a certain type of glass tile is going to work better. You, you know all that stuff. Communicating that to a non-design professional or a non-pool can be exhausting and, 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 and complicated. The automation, you know, we, we, we were talking about automation. You, you said every pool you do is, is fully automated. You've got LED lighting. Um, walk me through laying that out with, with a customer, you know, I'm sure again, some of our members are like, that's their thing. They, they know how to present this stuff. And some probably maybe are building pools that aren't fully automated that want to do more of that or are trying to push the edge of their own, their own skill set to build a certain type of pool. Um, how are you communicating that with the homeowner from a design perspective? So if we start with the pool and the tile and, you know, we brought up the knife edge and the infinity and the spa. So uh, in this case, the, the pool has a flush spa. Uh, mm-hmm. The spa actually sits about an inch over the water level of the pool. Okay. So when they activate, when it's in spa mode, the water level in the spa will stop spilling into the pool. Mm-hmm. But when it's in pool mode, they are one body water. It looks flat. It's clean. Um, Tile is a challenge for us. And when I do infinity pools, I really try to get my clients to not focus so much on a tile that they love, but a tile that's going to work with the pool, with the plaster, sure. with the overall look of the job. Um, this particular pool has a knife edge that's cut into the pool. Um, they're a little bit easier mm-hmm. in some cases because the tile's not so prominent in the look of the pool. The downside of this type of edge is it actually makes the pool look a foot smaller because the edge cuts in. Uh-huh. But it makes our job from a uh, tile selection standpoint a little easier because when you look over the edge, you see that clean line and you're not seeing the tile. Yeah. Um, when, it's, uh, when the knife edge is cut out, the tile, that top of the wall is part of the pool and tile selection now is everything because if the tile is contrasting in color to the plaster, it's no longer an infinity edge. It's a you know, a pronounced edge. <laughs> right. And, right. Uh, that's true. You know, I learned that the hard way. The first infinity pool we ever built, um, we put a, uh, it was a white marble patio, white marble tile, white marble coping, and we ran that white marble on top of the knife edge. And uh, we were holding our breath as the pool filled with water and just never got that feeling like, you know, we thought we were going to get when we saw it. On the ride home, I realized what I did wrong, and I called the client back, and uh, she loved it. Tried to convince her that we need to rip the tile off and redo it. It took me about two weeks of convincing before she finally said, okay, give it, let's do it. And we changed the tile to a darker Great. tile. 
matched the plaster and that gave the pool the infinity. So she loved it and you were like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 wait well, a minute. I, I had to work <laughs> hard to convince her. I knew it was wrong. I know you like it, but it can be better. So we're going to rip it out. And, you know, it. and it worked out. It was one of our award winners with Nespa. It was one of the early on award winners with uh, with Nespa, but it was yeah. it was the right thing to do. I, I needed it for the portfolio. Right. And, uh, and ever since then, mm. I've been hyper-focused on making sure the tile and the plaster are the same color when the edge is cut in because losing that look defeats the whole point of doing the infinity pool yeah yeah no that's a, that's that's, a, that's an interesting an interesting story <laughs> yeah you know lighting automation all of the all of these things help to sell the pool they help to differentiate our proposals sometimes from the competitors uh what i try to do is whenever we build a pool i put everything i think is important to the pool in that package it's easier for them to work backwards and cut than it is for me to start adding. Sure. As they learn and research, which everyone does, they start Googling as the pool's getting built. Hey, I, why don't, does this have color changing lights? Oh no, they're an extra, you know, 1500 bucks. So is there a, uh, is there an auto, is there automation on this pool? Can I use it from my phone? Oh no, we got to upgrade that too. At right. some point the upgrades become a frustration level to the client. They want to know that you are considering their best interests, not just right. trying to sell them a pool. So sometimes we're, we run into a challenge where our price is 20% higher than the competitors, but you know what I try to articulate is, like, I'm, I'm showing you all this stuff. This is what it's going to cost yeah. to do it this way. It's easier to cut things out than it is to add them in, and at least you know you're educating yourself on what the options are, and then you make the yeah, decision. Yeah, and then they have some control. It's, it's the... It's it's doing a proposal the way you do a landscape design. Here's everything. Correct. Here's everything you could do, and then you could even say, look, if you want, if you want the lighting, you can't add that later, right? Correct. But if you want this other feature, right. we could put that on the side, and yep. we could come back and do that, right? So this way, they have a, a little bit of a menu to work from. It's a great point, and and uh, you know, more often than not, these projects are phased, sure. and the clients come into this thinking they have a good enough understanding of how they're going to do it and make it work but it's something you know, we do this every day you know we destroy yeah. backyards every day on the way in to build pools and <laughs> right. repair them on the way out and you know just being able to uh, advise them on where to start what not to do now what to do first uh, you know you shouldn't be able to tell the difference between a phased project and one that's done all at once if it's done properly and that's sure. a big part of our business is being able to work with a client's budget, show them a design that, you know, is going to uh, fit their long-term needs and then right. find them a way to get there. So the other thing to consider, right, when you're talking to your clients, we're talk we talked about design, right, all the needs when we set out the proposal, um, design, laying out the proposal in a way kind of like the, the landscape design. And if, if you have a good relationship with a client, you also learn what their it's not always the money, right? I mean, a lot of times it is. Certainly, you're talking about a, a contract for sale of, 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 you know, an expensive landscape for a lot of people. But sometimes it's a situation where with the phasing and the staging, you know, I, if we do everything, we're going to be here, for, you know, for three months to, to make it all work. And maybe the customer goes, you know what? I really don't want to lose the entire, rather you do phase one with the pool and let me, you know, then stop and then let me use it a little bit. And I don't want you here for three months and then do the next phase. So sometimes it's, it's the money is the limiting factor. Sometimes it's the time. Sometimes there's Absolutely. a party. Sometimes, you know, the summers when they have the, the, the kids are using it. So you got to be done before a certain time. So it's really understanding those, those, where the, 
pain points are for the for the customer to, to help with that phasing as well. Absolutely, and you know we use that to our advantage. It works in our advantage sometimes too, because mm -hmm. one, it's a you know it's a something we were able to put on the schedule further down the road and you know helps us with with scheduling and being booked out further in advance and yeah. you know plus it's a you know a break for the client whether it's just fi financial the stress of just having guys roll in when they're you know walking around the house in their pajamas and there's guys here right. at seven o'clock in the morning you know they just it's an invasion of their privacy to some extent sure every morning like clockwork so just, uh, you know a break from that let's you know, them decompress, the client decompress a little bit, Yeah. focus on some of the decisions that they've made. And, you know, a lot of times when we come back for phase two, they've already worked with us. We've worked with them. There's a comfort level there. There's right. been a little bit of a, a, a break from writing checks and, you know, the stress of construction. And a lot of times they're rejuvenated. And, you know, what I've found is the, 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 they might spend a little bit more money too, because they thought about it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, they're not just pushing to get it done they're you know they've taken a break and now it's about getting it right so we've all had those clients who they, they feel like hagglers up front then once they're like good with you and they realize That's, this is my yeah. guy and this is yeah. this is what i want yeah. then it's let's go <laughs> right? That's this industry to a t that's this area to a t it's always about money up front yeah, you know, but once the the initial deal is done and um, the comfort level has been established, it's very seldom comes down to dollars and cents. Usually, at that point, it comes down to communication and what they want in execution. And you know, that's sure. the area where we try to really focus on. I mean, the negotiation part, I try to give the best price I can up front because once yeah. you start to get into negotiating, you're expected to negotiate. You know, right. on everything, and that, that is uh, just a, a philosophy that we've adopted, and you know, mm -hmm. it, it's worked well for us. But that's a really good point. Is once you're in the door and the job starts, and you know, you're you've done what you said you were going to do. Uh, the trust uh, is there. Yeah, yeah. At that point, the focus is not on the dollar; it's on you know what we want it to be on. Right. Doing the work. Getting the work done and making it look good. Nice. Well, this has been a great conversation, and I really appreciate, uh, again, you making the time today. I know you're a peak, peak season here in the, in, in the spring, um, but we got a beautiful day. It's a beautiful pool. So you've got a, a great company doing great work. I appreciate your participation in the awards program every year. Um, congratulations again on winning, winning a couple this year, and um, yeah, maybe we'll do this again. No, this was great. I appreciate you know, your time as well and you know, the, the industry. I mean, if it weren't for all the, you know, we, we continue to get into these awards because I keep seeing the work that's coming out of all the other guys here. You know, I mean, it's really, it's fun for us to, you know, you open up the, the catalog or when, you know, you can actually go to the pool show to see the, the pools that these guys are pumping out and, you know, yeah. it just pushes the envelope and it furthers the industry and, you know, we're just glad to be part of it. Excellent. Awesome. Thomas Flint, Thomas Flint, landscape design and development. Um, thanks for watching uh, the latest episode of new depths. We'll see you soon.